Internal Revenue Service IRS Tax News, Dirty Dozen Part 2. Thieves are constantly coming up with ways to scam taxpayers. COVID Tax Tip 2020-97, August 5th, 2020. This is the second of two tips exploring the IRS Dirty Dozen. There's a link to the Dirty Dozen tax scams list. Tax scams tend to rise during tax season or during times of crisis. Uh, scam artists are using the COVID-19 pandemic to try to steal money and information from taxpayers. Taxpayers should watch out for these scams. Scammers targeting individuals with limited English uh, proficiency. There's a link to these scams as well, so you can look at more detail on them. IRS impersonators and other scammers are targeting groups with limited English proficiency. These scams are often threatening in nature. Phone scam pose as a major threat to people with limited access to information, including individuals not entirely comfortable with the English language. A common one remains the IRS impersonation scam, where a taxpayer receives a telephone call threatening to jail time, deportation, or uh, revocation of a driver's license from someone claiming to be with the IRS. Recent immigrants often are the most vulnerable to these scams. Uh, they should ignore these threats and not engage uh, the scammers. So anytime there's any kind of urgency threat that's happening on, on with the IRS, note again, the IRS is usually going to be a, a bureaucratic agency. They usually contact people, you know, by the mail and they, and then they typically give 30 days to respond. So you typically have a a long time that you're that you know what's going on with the IRS normally and they will not typically call anybody and and make uh, threats as well if you if you think that you're getting a call and you have any question as to whether this is the IRS or not again you're not typically going to get a call and you're certainly not going to get a call that from the IRS in a threatening nature typically like that but uh, if you think that it is legitimate then you want to go to the IRS website uh, directly which means that even if you think you're talking to an IRS agent, they would be fine if you were just to say, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contact the IRS directly. I'll look into this right now, but I want to contact the IRS directly and then just stop talking to, uh, to, the, to them and go to the source if, if you feel necessary to do so. That would be the recommendation I would give for, for anybody uh, in that situation. So dishonest return preparers. Next item. Taxpayers should avoid so-called ghost preparers who expose their clients to potentially serious filing mistakes as well as possible tax fraud and risk of losing their refunds. Ghost preparers don't sign the tax returns. They prepare for taxpayers. They may print the tax return and tell the taxpayer to sign and mail it to the IRS. For e-file returns, the ghost preparer will prepare but not digitally sign the paid preparer. So, so notice if, if you have a tax return that's going to be paid, if you're paying someone else to prepare the tax return, note that the, the tax uh, preparer is not the one primary, primarily liable, but they are someone that should be telling the IRS with their identification information and their P10, their identification number, that they are a paid preparer. So when you file with someone else, if you pay someone else, don't don't think just because you're paying someone else that you have no liability for the preparation of the tax return because if the IRS has a problem they will go back to the taxpayer and say hey we got we got an issue and if if the tax was under uh if you didn't report as much tax as you should have then they're going to go go to the taxpayer and go to the collection however uh the tax the, the tax preparer does is required to put their information uh on the tax return as well so if 
a tax preparer doesn't put their tax information on the tax return, that would be an indication that they are they're they're doing something deceptive. And and for sure, if a tax preparer is basically saying that they're going to base their fee on the amount of refund that you get, right? And they're not putting their information on the tax return. Well, that's a sign that they're they're doing things that are you know illegal that you know that uh, on the tax return to get a, a refund that's not legitimate possibly in order to increase uh, their pay. So you sh you don't really typically want you don't want to be paying someone if you have a tax preparer that's basically basing their fee on uh, on the amount of the refund. That's not good. You you don't typically want to do. And if they're obviously if they're not putting their information on the tax return as they should as a pay preparer then uh, you don't want to do business with them. Back to the text. With many tax professionals affected by COVID-19 and their uh, office locations potentially closed, taxpayers should be especially careful to select a credible tax preparer. Uh, offer and compromise mills. Uh, taxpayers need to be ca uh, cautious of misleading tax debt resolution companies that can uh, exaggerate chances to settle tax debts for pennies on the dollar through an offer and, comp offer and compromise, dishonest companies oversell the program to uh, unqualified candidates so they can collect a large fee from, ta from taxpayers already struggling with debt. So an offer and compromise is, you'll see commercials that'll basically say, you know, if you have over 10,000 in tax debt or something like that, then you may be eligible for an offer and compromise and, and in which the IRS could lower the tax bill. Now, an offer and compromise is a legitimate thing. There are offers and compromises, but uh, you have to be in a specific circumstance in order to qualify. And typically, the, that circumstance would be indicating to the IRS or proving or showing to the IRS that you're not going to be able to pay the outstanding bill, right? And that's usually what the offer and compromise uh, will will be saying you're going to say you're going to you're usually you're going you're going to give the IRS your um, your current balance sheet and income statement information and com and compare that to the tax bill and say you know it's impossible for me to pay this it's in our both best interest to basically do a uh, to lower it uh, and and so we can move forward with it and that's kind of the general rule on it but there's a lot of 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 standard you know guidelines you can take a look at. Most of the information for the offer and compromise you can look up. It's on the IRS website, so you can look into it and check it out. But if if someone's claiming that they're just that uh, anything over ten thousand that they can just basically get an offer and compromise, and and that that's a, a highly likely outcome uh, for the average taxpayer, then that's not that's not the case. Is you got to be in a specific circumstance. So you want to be careful of those types of claims. Uh, and and any kind of upfront fee that you know a large upfront fee to look into that type of claim so um, there's a lot of different uh, companies that deal with the offer and compromise you might want to go to your your cpa or your accountant and see if they have a recommendation they might not do the offer and compromise themselves but you might uh, they might have a recommendation for a, a place to go on it but uh, you want to be careful who you're talking to, the advice you're getting for uh, the offer and compromise, and I would highly suggest looking at the information on the IRS website yourself if it's if it's something that you think might be applicable to you, so you have an understanding of it as you go into any kind of discussions about it. Back to the text: These scams are commonly called OIC mills, which uh, which cast a wide net for taxpayers, charge them pricey fees, and churn out applications for a program they're unlikely to qualify for. Fake payments and repayment demands. 
A con artist will steal a taxpayer's identity and bank account information. Then the con artist will file a false tax return and will have the refund deposited into the taxpayer's bank account. Once the direct deposit hits the taxpayer's account, the fraudster uh, places a call to them posing as an IRS employee. The taxpayer is told that there's been an error and that the IRS needs the money returned immediately or penalties and interest will result. The taxpayer is told to buy specific gift cards for the refund amount. So this one's a pretty elaborate one. And notice that they're telling you that they, they, they actually have the, <clears throat> the banking information. And you might say, well, if they have the banking information, uh, why, why couldn't they just take money out of the account? Well, notice if they take money directly out of the, if they take money out of the account, then there's going to be an audit trail for that transaction to happen. So they're saying, okay, now they got access to the bank account. We're going to have the IRS route the money into the bank account. And then if we can contact the taxpayer directly and have them take the money out and give it to us in some specific format, such as gift cards, then there's no traceability from, from the bank to the people that actually finally at the end got the money. So they're, they're trying to hide the audit trail or the cash trail as they do that. So, uh, so it, it, bottom line, if you get if anybody uh, calls and says that they need a payment for any kind of emergency type of situation, and then they limit the, the way they want the payment to some kind of thing that's going to be less not identifiable, such as gift cards. I mean, that's going to be an indication that uh, that that's not a legitimate transaction. So they might be they might sound good up until that point. You're like, wow, the IRS did give me a deposit. It's in my bank account. That's and then so I guess I owe it back to them, but you want it in gift cards, <laughs> you know that should be the point in time. Even if they had your te your information, yeah, that's be the point in time. You're like, why would the IRS want it in gift cards? I mean, I looked at the IRS website and I can pay them like 20 different ways. Why would you what, a gift card? So that's pr usually where you <laughs> the thing should be pretty clear. But back to the text: payroll and HR scams. Tax professionals, taxpayers, and taxpayers need to be on guard against phishing. Uh, designed to steal form W-2s and other tax informations. These are called business email uh, compromise or business email spoofing. These scams uh, have used a variety of tactics, including requests for wire transfers and payment of fake invoices. So these are going to be scams directed at HR at the companies to try to get employee information such as W-2 information. Ransomware. This is malicious software that is often downloaded by the user uh, after clicking on malicious attachments that encrypts their data, making their data uh, inaccessible. And in some cases, entire computer networks can be affected. The IRS and Security Summit partners have advised tax professionals and taxpayers to use the free multi-factor authentication feature being offered on tax preparer software products. So uh, the, the ransomware is that they're going to lock the computer up and say they're not going to unlock it without uh, ransom. So you want to uh, stay away from the ransomware, if at all possible, and using the, the uh, multi-factor authentication. So when you're logging into certain items, you log in with, with uh, two factors, such as a text message or something like that. Looks like can have some protection against uh, against it.